the Niners Nation podcast, and we're back again with our first episode of the offseason, and college football's over, the NFL's over, and there's going to be one hell of an offseason win for Niner Nate here with you again. With me, as always, is Leo Luna of 49GM. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. Seattle just got knocked out of the playoffs by a team the 49ers defeated twice. I'm loving life right now. It's great. It was really fun to watch because all week I told people at work who were like, aren't Niner fans, like, I don't think Seattle's very good. And they're like, oh, no, Seattle's good. They went 12 and, 12 and 4. They're good. And I was like, I don't think so. And then they play the Rams team and I get text messages from people and they're like, the, Ram- the Seahawks kind of suck. And I was like, no, <laughs> yeah, I told you. But with this week, we have a special guest. It's Hugh Tomasello of the Blow the Whistle podcast and 49GM. How are you doing, man? Man, I am super pumped to be here. Uh, this is really exciting. I love your guys' work. And, I mean, Leo already said my opening line. I'm just happy the Seahawks lost. And getting to trash the whole Let Russ Cook movement has been, honestly, that's our Super Bowl this year. Uh, but in all seriousness, I'm so excited to join you guys and uh, and chop it up for a bit and talk some Niners. Yeah, absolutely. One more final comment on the Seahawks. When they lost on 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 Saturday, I blew up Twitter and a lot of Seattle people unfollowed me. And it was pretty great because I, they were following me, waiting for me to just break from the Niners season. I never broke, never broke once. I moved on to the quarterbacks and then they finally left. And now they're not in my presence and they are losers and Screw them. We're going to win the division next year. Anyways, so since we last met, a ton of stuff has actually happened. Um, so we're going to go over just some of the stuff, but then we want to get into detail into the most important thing, which has to do with the little quarterback up in Houston. So first of all, Fred freaking Warner. He is now actually all pro Fred. We can call him all pro Fred, and it's not hyperbole anymore. He's actually an all pro, and... I said on Twitter, we're going to talk about a little bit with this Deshaun Watson thing, is there's three players on this team that you cannot trade. And it's it's all pro Fred, it's the great George Kittle, and it's Nick freaking Bosa. And I, it's crazy the, the, um, the steps that Fred Warner has taken from being that third-round pick when people were like, I really, really, really wanted the, the linebacker from Georgia. You know, I really wanted this, I really wanted that. And they get Fred Warner, and he comes in, and, you know, he was good that first year, but what he's done the last two years is, it's astounding. Yeah, man. I mean, we we as 49er fans have been, we've known in our hearts since the last offseason that he was all pro Fred. Even if he didn't get the the recognition by the league yet, we were all saying and believing in our hearts, he is all pro Fred. And he deserves it. I mean, he's the best coverage linebacker in football and you know, the way that we say George Kittle is the best blocking tight end and there's nobody really close, it's the same way with uh, Fred Warner and his coverage ability. I mean, that dude can line up on slot receivers and, you know, hold his own as a middle linebacker. Um, he's just as good a tackler as anyone. Like I said, his coverage is off the charts. There's nobody that can be as good of an all-around linebacker as Fred Warner has been this last year. And I'm just glad he got the recognition, even though the Niners only won six games. They weren't as you know getting as much recognition as obviously when they went to the Super Bowl and the defense was very depleted but if anything that just showed you how special Fred Warner is seeing as this was almost still a top 10 unit in the entire league with all the injuries so Fred Warner deserves the all pro nod and more and 49er fans are really lucky to have him we've seen some great linebacker play over the last decade plus uh, with this franchise and we're very blessed 
And, and real quick, Leo, I'm going to ask you a question before we move on. You think there is any way that they do not pay Fred Warner this offseason? No, I think they have to pay him. Um, when you when you get into someone's last year of their deal, it makes things tricky. They didn't do it with Kittle. They paid him a year early. And I think they're going to do the same with Fred Warner. The priority right now is going to be getting Trent Williams signed because he is currently a unrestricted free agent. They don't have his rights going into 2021 like they do with Fred Warner. Once they get uh, Trent Williams signed and maybe their second priority, once they get that little first wave of free agency out the way, oh, yeah, Fred Warner, they're still going to be talking to him on a daily basis with the 175 projected cap that John Lynch is working with. He's going to try to work with that at the most that he can right now, see what he could do there, and then Fred Warner's going to come. It could be a scenario to where it was with George Kittle maybe a few weeks after they report to camp, then you see the Fred Warner deal. It's not something that's going to be, say, the first action, second action, or even the third or fourth action coming this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're right. I think that this guy has to be around. He has to be one of the pillars of this franchise going forward, whether they figure out the quarterback position or not. And then finally, the last thing we've, that's happened since we last met is Robert Sala is now interviewing for five of seven vacancies uh and so i mean he's gonna get a job right like i don't think there's any way that he doesn't get a job there's seven teams that need head coaches this guy should be top three i think easily and if i'm robert sala i'm licking my chops at that charters job uh i know it's a tough division with mahomes in there but you've got a rookie stud in herbert i mean when you're a defensive coach or a defensive-minded coach and you take over that head coaching role the last thing you want to worry about is figuring out the quarterback position and they've got the guy in Justin Herbert. They have weapons around him in Williams and Keenan Allen. Uh, and then he has so many pieces defensively to work with. You know, you got Joey Bosa, you've got Derwin James, you've got an elite secondary when healthy, that defense has some dudes on it. They just need to stop frankly being the chargers. They need to stop <laughs> shooting themselves in the foot every single year. And you know what? A coaching change can fix that. Getting the right guy in there and the right culture in there, kind of like what Harbaugh did coming in with the Niners in 2011 and took most of the same guys and just flipped them around. He could do that with a franchise like the Chargers. So I think that's the primary destination for him. He's got pieces on both sides. He can implement his defense, and he doesn't have to worry about the quarterback position. The Chargers' job is the best job, but what concerns me on that is their best player is Justin Herbert. So rather than a revolving door every two to three years at the offensive coordinator position, they may just want to go with the straight offensive-minded head coach and keep that nucleus together because mm -hmm. yeah, it's just you, you keep that continuity. He goes over to Jacksonville. That, that owner seems like he's making all the personnel decisions. I'm not sure he's going to want to take that even if the offer is on the table. You 100% take the interview because it's going to make you better for the next interview, just like in real life jobs. And then there's some rumblings with Detroit that the interview didn't go well, that he didn't do a good job. And then there's some that say, yes, he absolutely did a good job. So that seems up in the air. I wouldn't say it's out of the equation that he returns. And I would just blame the process of the NFL. And the COVID year, too, is a little tough with it because, you know, everything's over Zoom and whatnot. Um, so it's just a different process uh, for interviewing as well. But I 
I sure as heck would not be mad if Robert Sala came back to the Niners. I'm t- nobody would. I mean, like the, the guy's <laughs> awesome. I think the only thing I'd be mad about is that we lose a couple picks that we can use to trade up to get Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. I think that's the only thing I'd be mad about. And I mean, like, or the picks we could use to go get Deshaun Watson. Switching the topic here, I think this is the biggest topic that has happened since the last time we talked. And it's that Deshaun Watson, basically the the timeline of this is he had set up an interview for the team or was in the process of setting an interview up for the team with Eric Bienemy, the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, after he was told that he would be in control of who could be the GM and head coach. They would work with him. They hired a GM. Didn't Nick Casario did not tell him anything beforehand and then didn't set up an interview with the, the person that he had worked to set up as the, as the head coach. And so he was mad. Apparently he got mad, hasn't answered any of the phone calls. Then what came, it came out recently that he was actually still mad about some of the stuff that the team's been doing with social justice, different things like that. And the, 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 the rumor I read was that when Hopkins left, his mad level was at a two out of 10. Right now, he's at a 10 out of 10, and when you have that happening, it doesn't seem like a good mixture for keeping a guy around and keeping him happy. So, I mean, it really feels like Deshaun Watson might be playing on a new team this year, or I guess this year because the season's over technically next year. But, you know, the rumor is that if you traded for Deshaun Watson, the minimum it would take is three firsts and three thirds. Now, I'm going to ask you both the question, and I want you guys to answer it. Would you do this for freaking Deshaun Watson? Because I know I would. Yes. And if Jed York and John Lynch need my Venmo to help pay the man, I will also supply that. I would give up my soul for Deshaun Watson because you can sacrifice your future in terms of draft capital for Deshaun Watson because chances are those first-round picks are all going to be in the 30s from the first round if Deshaun Watson on this 49ers team. If they stay healthy and they have Deshaun Watson, it's Super Bowl or bust every single year. This dude's a transcendent talent. He's very young, but at this rate, he's going to be a Hall of Famer in my eyes. There's a long ways to go to get there, but the way he's playing, that's a Hall of Fame talent on your team. You don't pass that up. Quarterback is the hardest position in all of sports, in any sport to fill. I mean, think about it. There's 32 NFL teams. There's 7 billion people in the world. And there's maybe, what, 15, 16 like, good quarterbacks in the entire world. It's so hard to fill. Get Deshaun Watson at all costs. You never have to worry about that position for the next 8 to 10 years. And in terms of the Texans, what you were saying, Nate, about how you know he went from a 2 to a 10, He kind of deserves the LeBron treatment where when he goes to a franchise, he gets a say in what happens with that franchise because he is their LeBron James. There's nobody else on that on that roster besides maybe J.J. Watt that has any sort of, you know, superstar level and seniority. And J.J. Watt has, you know, his career's not what it was, but he still has that level of respect. But Deshaun Watson is your franchise. He deserves to have a say in how he wants the the team to progress the next couple of years. You invest in him with this big contract. He agrees to stay with you, but then you trade his best receiver in the NFL 
yeah, of course it's going to make him mad. So if you're going to go out on a limb and do that, let him have some say in what the team gets to do moving forward, or else you're going to have a situation like this where you're afraid he might demand a trade. Absolutely. And Leo, what do you think? Personally, I would do it uh, for those same reasons. And then we look at what Jimmy Garoppolo's costing. Deshaun Watson's contract isn't that much more. Uh, it's about $13 million difference from what we're seeing from Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm doing that every single day of the week, Monday through Sunday, uh, 24 hours a day. I'm doing that trade because, like you said, that is the toughest position uh, to find in the NFL because it's the most pivotal position. Not just because it's hard to scout, which it really is, but it's the most important position on the team. You see what happens when... Jimmy Garoppolo's not on the 49ers and he's not starting games and it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo's a Pro Bowl level quarterback we're talking here Deshaun Watson is a Pro Bowl he is an all pro quarterback as well so yeah his contract is 40 million dollars per year um, but that's 13 million dollars more than Jimmy Garoppolo that's a bad Eric Armstead contract away from making his contract affordable Absolutely. And that's the thing is, is would you rather spend three first round picks on a guaranteed thing that where you're pretty much the Super Bowl favorite from here on out? Even though Patrick Mahomes exists, I think the Niners become a Super Bowl favorite because their defense is better. They have better defensive players and they have Kyle Shanahan, who Andy Reid is a great head coach. I think that Kyle Shanahan, when it's all said and done, is going to be one of the top three head coaches in the league for the next 10 years. And that's the thing is you bring in a guy who can run the football, can literally make every throw, and you give him Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle, and great things are going to happen. So people keep talking about, well, would you rather just trade two first-round picks for Justin Fields? I love Justin Fields. I love Zach Wilson, but they are not as guaranteed things as this would be. Deshaun Watson comes in and immediately makes you the best team in the NFC, and it's not even close. You know, we saw it last year. The best team that they, that they could put up against the 49ers in the NFC Championship was the Green Bay Packers, who are probably going to the Super Bowl this year. But the best team they could put up was this Green Bay Packer team, and they murdered them. And they murdered them without throwing the football. Imagine if they, can, they have to throw the football, or they have someone who is able to throw the football. What they do to the rest of this NFC landscape, because the NFC isn't improving anytime soon. I, I don't... Seahawks fans, Rams fans, Cardinals fans... Any of the fans in this in the NFC, this division is this the NFC is going to be surpassed by the AFC very soon. And San Francisco should be the king of the castle when it comes to the NFC. They have to get a quarterback, and Deshaun Watson immediately makes them even more so the king of the castle than the Kansas City Chiefs are in the AFC, I think. Yeah, and also in terms of, you know, selling a lot of those first round, third round draft picks for a sure thing like Deshaun Watson, like you were saying. Think about how much talent the 49ers have accumulated outside of those first three rounds. I mean, Emmanuel Mosley, undrafted. Uh, you know, Jeff Wilson Jr., Raheem Mostert, two guys also George undrafted. George Kittle was a fifth-round pick. George Kittle is a fifth-round pick. Dre Greenlaw was a fifth-round pick. Like, there's, you could go down the list. They're able to find starter-caliber talent, and not even just starter-caliber talent, elite talent late in the draft, and outside the draft, like even guys like Kendrick Bourne, like you, there's so many names that you could go down the roster from the past couple of years and say, oh yeah, like 
they just picked that guy out of nowhere and he became a stud. Those draft picks are so overrated. I mean, yes, they're important if you're really needing to rebuild, but the Niners aren't rebuilding anything. They just need to solidify the best and hardest position to fill in sports. They have Super Bowl talent around the quarterback position on offense, defense, and special teams when healthy. Those draft picks are extremely overrated. You don't need to be picking in the first round if you're going to the Super Bowl every year. And how I look at it is if you move up to go get a – Trey or uh, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, you're giving up two ones in that scenario. So all you're doing differently is just giving up one extra one that's going to be 25 or later. I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Every time. There's no reason that if, if it comes out that, that they're willing to do it and John Lynch didn't do it, I think 49 fans should be pissed because they are literally a Deshaun Watson away from running the NFL. I and I wholeheartedly, 100% believe this. As I've said on this show a million times, they're a quarterback away. And when you have an elite quarterback talent, you destroy people. That's why the Chiefs are the favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. They have an elite quarterback talent who nobody can compare to except maybe Josh Allen. But even then, Josh Allen doesn't have Andy freaking Reed, this amazing offensive play card. Don't get me wrong. I love me some Sean McDermott, but he's not Andy Reed and he's not Kyle Shanahan. And... With Deshaun Watson, this team just becomes insane. And, I mean, at this point, I just hope they do it. I don't think it's a guarantee. I don't, I don't think it's a guarantee he's moved. But if, if, he, if they say they are moving him, John Lynch better be on the phone. Or else Niner fans should be angry. All right, so let's get into some of the interesting things that have happened since this Deshaun Watson story broke out. Uh, a lot of this is quarterback related. There's a lot to talk about. This is going to be one crazy offseason because of the fact that this team needs a quarterback. So PFF decided to put out that they think that <laughs> they think that the 49ers would give up pick 12 for Tua Tungavailoa. And don't get me wrong, I liked Tua coming out of college. Thought he was really talented. I still think there's some talent there. I think that the lack of a preseason really hurt him. I think that the fact that he was kind of just thrown to the dogs and, you know, his receivers aren't great. But I wouldn't send pick 12 for Tua Tungavailoa right now when I could send pick 12 and potentially next year's first for Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not I'm not like a Tua hater. Like after week 17, uh, Twitter kind of bashed him a little too hard, I thought. Like I'm not a Tua hater by any means. He was, you know yanked all around all season by Flores and that coaching staff over there getting pulled before the fourth quarter. You know, he came in like week six or seven or whenever that was, but then he kept like being on this short leash. He didn't get a full uh, season as a rookie and he even get a preseason. Um, That being said, you know, those can be excuses for why maybe he didn't look as good as people wanted him to in his first year with the Dolphins. Those are also realities. And if the Niners were to do that, they would be facing those same problems where his rookie year, you know, yeah, he got some experience, but he did not get the full rookie experience. And, you know, Herbert went through the same thing. Burrow went through the same thing. They didn't have preseasons either, but clearly they're superior talents than Tua. And I would much rather take a guy that you can mold from the start rather than you bring Tua in who now has to learn Shanahan's system and you know mesh with all the Niners guys. And if they're going to trade for him with the 12th pick, he's going to be the guy week one at that point, you would think, because if Absolutely. they're going to do that, they're not going to keep Garoppolo at that point. 
So he's going to have to be the guy. And I don't see him all of a sudden turning the corner just because he all of a sudden came to the Niners. He needs more experience. He needs more reps. Basically, and I'm not a Garoppolo apologist by any means, but Tua week one next year is not going to be any sort of vast improvement over what Garoppolo would give them right now. Yeah, I think that's about right. I mean, like, what do you think, Leo? So I would be down for it only if they're not giving up that 12th pick. So if you want to do a a pick swap to where the 49ers go to the Dolphins at 17 and the Dolphins come up to the 49ers at 12 and the 49ers kick in like a a fourth just to make the deal happen, yeah, I would be down to drop five spots and give up a fourth-round pick to get Tua. Absolutely, because I think we see the Patrick Mahomes come in, the Russell Wilsons come in, um, Justin Herberts come in, and they light it up year one to where Tua didn't but he was in my mind as a rookie with all these verticals that they have to go through he was playing good enough um that Dolphins team is well coached but that roster isn't super fantastic and he was playing winning football and what I like about Tua is he has better ball placement with his passing than Jimmy Garoppolo so I think that's where it could be more improved than what we're seeing from Jimmy Garoppolo because some of his interceptions last year came off a of bad ball placement to where the receivers were really stretched out and it bounced off their hands and into a defender. Well, sometimes, yeah, we look at that initial play as that's the wide receiver's fault, but where should that ball be placed to where that's more of a 50-50 problem there? I think Tua limits that, and he showed that. I think... Before the last game of the season against the Bills, that was a complete mess up in Buffalo. Before that, he had 10 touchdowns and two picks. With this 49ers defense, I think you could succeed with the guy who has 10 touchdowns and two picks in eight games. That's equivalent to 20 touchdowns, four interceptions. I'll I'll take that. Um, But I don't think he's really developed as a quarterback. I don't think he's, you know... I just don't see him hitting receivers that are running horizontal routes 10 to 20 yards up the field, and he's hitting them in stride. I saw most of his downfield passes as just vertical 50-50 throws. So that's something I would want to see more in Tua, to where I'm saying, I'm only getting him if we're dropping five picks and we're getting Miami's first-round pick still. Because there's no way I would feel comfortable giving giving a first-round pick outright to the Miami Dolphins, I would find that ludicrous. Because when I look at these other quarterbacks in this draft, to me, I have them ranked fifth. So I, I Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and I even have Trey Lance because his mobility, he could run the ball like a freaking running back, and he kind of has better arm strength than Tua. And then Tua would be my fifth guy. So I'm not going to give a 12th overall pick outright for the fifth quarterback on the market just not doing that absolutely i agree with you and i think that i think that Tua is nice because you know he's that the factor with tua is that you know it's a cheap contract it's a guy that kyle can groom to do what he wants but i mean i don't want to give the first yeah i don't want to give away my draft picks when i can give my my draft picks and get a guy that kyle shanahan has specifically picked and looked at himself and so that's what I want to get into real quick because we had the national championship last night. We got to watch two of the top quarterbacks in the draft, primarily the number two 
overall pick what a lot of people believe in Justin Fields. And I mean, it's Alabama, but the if you watch the game, the throws were there. The stats aren't. He was 17 for 33 for 194 yards and one touchdown. But I feel like that doesn't tell the whole story. So, I mean, the biggest thing about Justin Fields is he's an athletic freak, but he also can throw the ball with insane accuracy, which is something 49er fans just don't understand because we haven't seen anybody throw the ball with insane accuracy down the field, nor have we seen any deep balls. So, I mean, the Justin Fields thing, it looks like if you want him, you're going to have to trade to two. What do you guys think of what you've seen from Justin Fields now that the college season is over? What is your thoughts on Justin Fields? I like him. I think he's pro ready for sure. I mean, the numbers, if you're just going to look at the box score, yeah, like, you know, what he did in the national championship wasn't extremely impressive. But if you watch the game, he was going through his progressions like an NFL quarterback. He wasn't, you know, he didn't have happy feet in the pocket when he used his feet. It was him rolling out. Uh, extending plays, looking for guys downfield, buying them time to get open from some really good Alabama defensive backs. Uh, I thought he looked good. He had a couple, you know, nice down the field throws. He had one gorgeous throw uh, to the pylon that should have been a touchdown. The receiver couldn't come down with the catch, but I thought Justin Fields looked good. He looks like the real deal. Um, He's playing hurt right now. So his mobility wasn't even on full display, but that's what really makes him lethal Uh, And when you take that to the NFL level, even if he has to develop as a passer and maybe his passing isn't, you know, what you want to be right away, defenses are still going to have to respect the fact that his legs are lethal and that's going to help out his passing ability because they can't just load, you know, eight in the box and come after him or play everything short and blitz him. They're going to have to respect the fact that, hey, this dude can roll outside the pocket and run on us if, you know, he's not hitting those downfield throws immediately as a rookie. So I like what I saw from Justin Fields. Again, I really liked his eyes. He looked poised. He looked like he's ready to go uh, to the next level. And I think you're right. I think, you know, he could slip to maybe three or four. But if you want him for sure, you have to trade to two. And Leo, we talked about this last week, too, is. There's a connection there with the quarterback collective that Kyle Shanahan has run. And there's pictures of our boy Kyle Shanahan with Justin Fields. And, you know, obviously we're still so far off of like even wondering what Kyle Shanahan is thinking. But you, I mean, from what you've seen with Justin Fields, if he's Kyle Shanahan's guy, and I think we talked about this a little bit last week too, is if he's Kyle Shanahan's guy, are you cool with trading up to two and going to take this guy from what you've seen in his final year of college and without any combines, you know, The combines will happen, and we'll talk about those as well. But I think, just like Hugh just said, he's NFL-ready. He's more NFL-ready than Zach Wilson is because he's played against higher-quality talent. And, yes, you scout the the player, not the school, but he's able to play against higher-quality talent than Zach Wilson has, and he's tough as damn nails. Yeah, so I would be okay with it if Houston said, absolutely, no, we're not going to trade you, Deshaun Watson. (laughs) then yes, I'll give up that extra draft capital for Justin Fields. Because I think Justin Fields is going to at least end that narrative for a bit that Ohio State quarterbacks are bust because he is making those progressions. He is making those reads. It's not like when Dwayne Haskins was there and he was just hitting guys that were completely wide open. Today, they struggled completely on offense. It wasn't all on Justin Fields. Yes, there were some throws that he would like to have back. Watch Patrick Mahomes. 
he makes throws that he would like to have back. It happens to every quarterback in every single game. So if you guys want to put that Leonardo DiCaprio meme out there where he's pointing at the TV, go ahead. Go ahead. But from what I saw, receivers weren't creating much separation most times. And the offensive line were just getting manhandled as well. He was dealing with a ton of pressure. And like you said, he was hurt. So his full mobility wasn't completely there. I think he is pro-ready. Remember, Joe Burrow is a guy that went to Ohio State as well. And he turned out a completely fine pro. Yeah, he did transfer to LSU. Got a hell of an offensive coordinator in Joe Brady. But there's just one example right there that, hey, just because a guy goes to Ohio State doesn't mean that they're done in the NFL because he is, you could just look from the stripe of his helmet. He is making reads and he is uh, throwing off, looking off safeties to where they don't just bite on every single route because he's staring down his receiver. The guy, the guy is ready for the NFL and I think he is more pro ready than Zach Wilson. Yeah, he had some injuries today uh, that he was dealing with. But he's someone that I'm going to trust to stay healthy long term than Zach Wilson because of his build is a lot more bulky. It's kind of like more of a tree trunk than Zach Wilson. Wilson has to build himself to get there. Absolutely. And I think one thing not to make excuses for Justin Fields is he was the leading rusher. He had six carries for 67 yards because they lost Trey Sermon within the first few plays of the game. And when you don't have your running back, we've seen him with the 49ers. When they don't have their running back, they struggle. And it wasn't even – he still made throws. It's just the, the Alabama was just a better football team in that game last night. And I think that what we saw from Justin Fields has shown that he's ready and he should be the second quarterback off the board. And I, I think he will be. I think that once the combines come around, I think people will be like, yeah, this kid is, this kid is it. And if he's Shanahan's guy, he's Shanahan's guy, and I'm, I'm down with it. Um, but the other quarterback we saw tonight in the – or last night in the national championship game – was Mac Jones. And I know, notice you when we talked earlier, you didn't even have him in your top five for quarterbacks when you include Tua. I mean, I think he would be five if we're not including Tua. I think he's probably the fifth best quarterback in this draft. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about Mac Jones. A lot of people say that he's basically Jimmy Garoppolo with a better arm. I mean, do you guys think that's what the case is with Mac Jones? I think that it's kind of similar to that. I think his arm is better. I think he is a smarter quarterback, if that makes sense. Like, the the throws he's making, and don't get me wrong, yes, he's throwing to absolute star wide receivers, you know, who are going to be gone in the first round. But there's things Mac Jones does that I think he does better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I think Mac Jones, if you take every quarterback trait and you compare Mac Jones and Jimmy Garoppolo side by side, I think Mac Jones is like a tick better at everything. He's a little more mobile than Jimmy G. He has a little bit of a bigger arm than Jimmy G. He's a little more accurate downfield than Jimmy G. You go down the list and Mac Jones, you know, wins just about every category. Now, with that being said, you know, going back to our Justin Fields conversation, you have guys like Zach Wilson and Justin Fields uh, and even Trey Lance that are probably going to be transcendent talents. That's probably not Mac Jones. Uh, when a lot of the you know the timeline and 49ers Twitter compares Mac Jones to Jimmy G, I think what they're saying is that he's not going to give you a whole lot more than what Jimmy does. Like you're going to hit his ceiling pretty early on. You're going to see what he brings to the table. Um, 
And, you know, if you take Mac Jones and that's your guy and he plays well for a few years, he's the kind of guy that when the sky isn't falling and, you know, we'll say for the Niners to keep it in context, the run game's going well, the defense is healthy and playing like a top five unit, he's going to run your offense. He's going to, you know, make some plays when you need him to. He's going to make the right reads. But at the end of the day, you're going to know who he is. He's not going to have that wild X factor like a Deshaun Watson who gets kicked in the eye and still throws a touchdown or Mahomes on third and 15, the Super Bowl hucks up to a wide open Tyreek. Like he's not going to have those plays that you can't coach and you can't even dream up with a quarterback. That being said, Mac Jones balled tonight against what's supposed to be the second best team in college football or excuse me, last night, he had over 450 yards. He had five touchdowns, no picks. Like, yeah, Devontae Smith was the story of the night, but somebody had to deliver those throws downfield. And, you know, Mac Jones did not miss. He looked good. He would be a cheaper Jimmy G. If I could either have, well, first of all, I would love to trade up for a Zach Wilson or a Trey Lance or someone like that. But If we're not going to trade up and we're either going to take someone, you know, maybe trade back in the first round or early second round, if Mac Jones is there, give me Mac Jones on a rookie contract before I see Jimmy Garoppolo play again on his current deal. 10 times out of 10. (laughs) Um, I think Jimmy G is a good comparison in this way. I think Mac Jones is someone that needs to have it schemed open for him. Um, I don't think he could, play off script that much unless there's a receiver right in his face where he can't miss like we saw in the first quarter when he did that pitch pass to waddle when it appeared like he was going to run and waddle just happened to run across his face so he's not going to do much off script and those passes to Devonte smith yeah someone had to deliver it to him but there also was not a nearest defender that was about five yards away from Devonte smith so he had some opportunity to land that ball in the bucket. So that's where I'm going to compare it with Jimmy G. It's, it's just got to be schemed open for Mac Jones. If it's not schemed open. So if Mac Jones had to deal with a situation like Justin Fields had to tonight, that would concern me because he's going to see more of that in the NFL than Alabama offensively, just dominating everyone with their players as well as with their system. Uh, Thankfully, Kyle Shanahan has a system that could just whoop up on teams. So there's that aspect. If they decided to go with something else in the first round and Max Jones was sitting there round two, yeah, I would be glad um, that they would get Max Jones because that means they got somebody for the future and we're not seeing uh, Nick Mullins rolling out there back after his Tommy John week 12. Uh, So that's where I would have some optimism. But... (sighs) For me, it's just after trade Lance, there's just a a big drop off what players can do off script and what players can do without having it completely schemed. Absolutely. I think that that Mac Jones is a guy that, you know, a Pittsburgh Steelers team takes, you know, after they're eliminated, I think, to replace Ben Roethlisberger because they're not picking high. I think when you're picking, you know, top 15, top 10, you know, the ability to trade down anywhere, I think that there are three quarterbacks that the Niners should be looking at. And moving on, let's talk. We'll we'll leave my favorite for last. I want to talk about Trey Lance because I think that I went on a kind of a tirade on Twitter yesterday morning. I think that he's not being talked about enough because he's 20 years old. He played for North Dakota State University. And 
He played one season. When you watch Trey Lance, you see an elite athlete, much like Josh Allen was, where Josh Allen was a lot of arm talent. Trey Lance is an absolute athlete who can learn how to throw the ball as time goes on. And I think that it's, you know, people talk so much about, you know, he played for North Dakota State University. I don't think it matters. When you watch Trey Lance, that talent is absolutely there. And I think if they are smart and Trey Lance is the guy they end up taking with a veteran and enough preseason, you know, play, meaning what happens is, is say, for instance, they do Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback of the 49ers. Andy Dalton comes in that first preseason game, plays one series, and the rest is Trey Lance. And then maybe some Josh Rosen at the end. I think that so much of Trey Lance is going to be relying on how he plays in the preseason. And if he plays well in the preseason and you see it, then you may be looking at the opportunity to go back to a Super Bowl, even with a rookie quarterback, because he allows Shanahan, who is a run-first coach, don't get it twisted, to have a quarterback who is just as good as the running backs they have on the roster. And so I'm going to send it to you first, Hugh. When you watch Trey Lance, if they trade it up to eight or seven or six, I don't think you have to trade all the way up to two or three to get him. What do you see with Trey Lance? And do you think that Trey Lance would be a option? And then what do you think about this idea that he's not ready to play the first year? If they're, so you were talking about Trey Lance running the ball is incredible. That's his strong suit. He's phenomenal. He can throw the ball. I'm going to piggyback off what Leo was saying a little bit. If there was any system that a quarterback that you're kind of iffy on throwing the ball, you want him to go to, it's a Kyle Shanahan system because nobody is going to be running more open down the field than in a Shanahan system. The way he's able to scheme guys open, you have the best tight end in football in George Kittle, and you have a really strong run game and defense to rely on. The 49ers are still a Super Bowl roster. They have so much talent around them that it can help pick up the slack if you have a Trey Lance who maybe struggles to throw the ball a little bit to start. And also, going back to his legs, like we were saying earlier, he has the ability to run the ball, and defenses have to respect that. And when defenses respect that, aside from Shanahan scheming guys open, he's going to have guys even more open because they're not going to be able to drop as many guys way deep into coverage. So I'm all for it. I think Trey Lance, he can sling it. It's tough because obviously he didn't play uh, this year, really. So like we didn't really get that film on him of who he is today. But I, I think he can throw. Looking at his past games, yes, he's obviously really... Uh, he leans on his legs a lot and it shows because why wouldn't you in the college game when that's going to win you games when you're as fast and good on the ground as he is, but he can throw, he's shown you, he can throw, get Shanahan to coach him up, get Shanahan to show him, Hey, in this scheme, I'm going to give you the reads of where you're supposed to go with the ball. And these guys will be open. And if they're not, you tuck it and run for four five, six yards. And we just keep moving and I'll maybe make you throw once every two, three plays because we're going to have most certain Wilson running on the outsides, giving you uh, less room to work with on third down. You're going to have third and shorts. So I'm all for it. Give I know Trey Lance is a project, but his ceiling is so high. And I'm all for that because at this point, I would rather have that 
than Jimmy G. Mullins or C.J. Beathard. We know who all of them are. None of them are about to break out and be some incredible quarterback. And I think a lot of fans, I'll be the first to admit it, myself included, after 2017, I thought Jimmy's ceiling was like Aaron Rodgers MVP status. And little did we know, 2017 was his ceiling. And he's never played better than that. We know who he is. Give me this moldable quarterback in Trey Lance with a Super Bowl roster around him that can carry the, the deficiencies as he learns. And it's going to pay off eventually. And they'll have an elite quarterback with elite talent around him and an elite coach. And their Super Bowl window will stay open. And it will stay open for a long, long time because the kid is young. Um, so how I look at Trey Lance, knowing he'll have a play caller like Kyle Shanahan, I have belief that Trey Lance could be in year three, in his year three, or maybe even his year four, he could be what we're seeing from Josh Allen in Josh Allen's year three. Um, But the kid has the arm talent. He's going to have to be, like Hugh said, he's a project. He's going to have to be groomed. He's going to have to learn NFL reads. He's going to have to learn how to adapt at playing at a higher speed level rather than playing in the, the Division One FCS. He's going to have to adapt and learn from all of that. He has all of the arm strength to not just be a mobile runner and, and be a 50-50 guy when it comes to passing. Kyle Shanahan does love to run the ball, but I look back at his Atlanta days. When he had a quarterback that can sling it, they passed the ball more than they ran the ball. And... So I think Kyle does a great job at adapting what his offense gives him. And I think Trey Lance, year three or year four, hell, I would be ecstatic if it's year two. But I think Trey Lance could give Kyle Shanahan, basically put him in a chemistry lab and say, dude, mix up whatever the hell you want. You could just throw for 45 times this game and just mess up this defense and put up 50 points on the board or you could run it for 40 times on the defense and use your quarterback as a part of that running uh, with read options. So I think he will just put Kyle Shanahan in a whole different atmosphere that he's never really been in because I think he has better arm talent and better uh, a smoother passer of the football than what RG three was in Houston. RG three was mainly Uh, just a run first guy and sling it deep occasionally at Baylor. And that's how he won the Heisman. He wasn't a pro quarterback. I think Trey Lance with Kyle Shanahan over the years could become a pro quarterback. And even if he doesn't develop as a pro quarterback, Kyle Shanahan has shown with Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard, he does a hell of a job adjusting to the play of his quarterback. It's almost like a perfect storm, the whole Trey Lance thing, because, you know, he's going to fall. He's not going to be super high on draft. You know, he's not going to be a top five guy. I don't I don't think at least he will. And I think it could be set up the 49ers to have to pay less draft capital to get a guy who suits Kyle Shanahan just as well as Zach Wilson or Justin Fields does. And I think that, I think that personally, and I said this on Twitter as well, I think they're going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo no matter what. I think that he's gone. I don't think there's any way he comes back. I'm about 99% sure at this point that he's gone. I think that no matter what, there will be a veteran on this roster, no matter what they do, unless it is Deshaun Watson, I think. And even then, I think you probably still go get a veteran just to back him up just in case he gets hurt. 
But I think that, you know, the Ryan Fitzpatrick's, the Andy Dalton's, I think you go get one of those guys after you've cut or, or traded Jimmy Garoppolo. You go draft Trey Lance and you see what happens. I mean, we've seen what they can do with absolutely awful quarterbacks. Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard are terrible quarterbacks. There's no upside to either of them except for this fact that CJ has a decent deep ball. If you bring in mediocre quarterback for a couple games with your full team back, your stack defense, your offense, and then eventually Trey Lance comes in and he can just take care of whatever the problems they were having on offense, they're going back to the Super Bowl because like I've said a million times on this show already, they are the kings of the NFC. There is nobody who is the kings of the NFC. People, Green Bay can think they are, but we're letting them hold that title for a little while because the Niners will be back next year as long as they fix this quarterback problem. And let's just get to the final quarterback, my favorite one. This week, uh, he did a show with BYU, like um, a quarterback corner kind of thing, where the host talked to Zach Wilson, asked him, you know, now that you've declared, you know, have you looked at any of the teams? And, you know, he kind of like played it off, said he wasn't really looking at a lot of the teams. But he did say, when he talked about offenses he'd like to play for, the first name that came up, Hugh, can you guess who was the first name that came up when he was asked which offense he would want to play for? Who are the San Francisco 49ers? Exactly. And so Zach Wilson, in his own words, said that he would like to play for the San Francisco 49ers. And as you all know, if you follow me on Twitter, Zach Wilson is my guy. He is my favorite quarterback in this draft, even though I understand that Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are probably better. Zach Wilson... What he does and that kind of arm talent he has and the fact that he can, he can run as well. He can, I mean, he's played with garbage receivers. Like Dax Milne is like a six-round receiver. Like they don't have anything. And the stuff that he's been able to do week in and week out and the fact that he's made BYU, I think he should have been in the Heisman instead of freaking Kyle Trash. <laughs> I, it, it blows my mind how good Zach Wilson is. And I think that every time I just think about there's a fact that Zach, any chance that Zach Wilson could be a 49er, it's just, it seems too good to be true because he's, I mean, he's a prototypical 49er looking quarterback. He's from BYU and we know there's only other, one other BYU quarterback that's actually been good. And he was a 49er too. So let's talk about Zach Wilson real quick. What do you guys think about Zach Wilson? This is another quarterback you'd have to trade up to two or three to go get him. What I mean, what have you guys seen from Zach Wilson now that the football season is over? I'm all in on him. The What I brought up earlier that Mac Jones doesn't have, that Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes playmaking ability where when all else fails, you know, you just need your quarterback to do something that you can't coach from him. Zach Wilson has that. That's what jumps out to me about Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson has that more than Justin Fields. Like you were saying, yeah, Justin Fields is probably – you know, a bigger play or, a you know, a better quarterback overall, even Trevor Lawrence, like Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback prospect coming out overall. But I honestly believe Zach Wilson is the best playmaker in terms of when everything breaks down, when all else fails, you just need your quarterback to go off script and make something happen. I think Zach Wilson is that guy. And that's who the Niners need because in the Super Bowl, that was the difference. I mean, there was a lot that went wrong in that Super Bowl. But at the end of the day, Mahomes made plays because things weren't going well for the Chiefs. I mean, the dude had like two picks and no TDs by the fourth quarter. Mahomes was not playing well. 
But then Mahomes went off script, did what he does, and he made enough plays where Jimmy G went the exact opposite direction. We need a quarterback where when things are going wrong, they're able to make a handful of plays to keep your guys in it. And the Niners have a really deep defense. They have a really deep offense in terms of, you know, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, uh, Raheem Mostert. Zach Wilson can be the guy that can run the offense and be more than a game manager. And then when things go bad, he's able to put your team over the top. And that's the thing is he also has something in common with the other Wilson in Russell. Like Russell, Mm -hmm. you know, Russell can just make, make stuff happen. And I feel like that's what we've seen from Zach with BYU. He almost won that Coastal Carolina game where their offensive play calling was terrible. And it comes down to the one yard line because Zach Wilson makes some insane plays to keep that team in the game. And that's what he does. You bring Zach Wilson into Sa- to San Francisco and he's making plays all over the field to George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel. And this team becomes, like I've said with a, many, a, a bunch of other quarterbacks tonight, the favorite to win the NFC. Maybe even if he is as good as he can potentially be, his ceiling, they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl again. I mean, that's how I feel, how strongly I feel about Zach Wilson. What do you think, Leo? So that's the theme, huh? Upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo, become the <laughs> ultimate favorite in the NFC. I like it. I'm not I'm not against that. Um, they had my quarterback as an upgrade against over Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> what I like about Zach Wilson is his confidence. He goes out there like, I'm a bad mofo and I'm going to tear stuff up today. And that's what I want out of my quarterback. I don't want a politician that's going to sit there, shake hands, and and just be polite to people. No, I want my guy out there to not really be Philip Rivers type of disrespectful, but just have that swag, have that confidence uh, like Patrick Mahomes does. Patrick Mahomes drips of confidence, literally comes out of his sweat each and every game. I would love that from my quarterback, and I think Zach Wilson or Zach Wilson has that. And yet people try to knock it that, oh, he is too cocky. What what is too cocky? What is that? That doesn't make any sense to me. So that's where I see it that he can make it uh in the NFL because he believes in himself. And everything we see from BYU, this kid has a great head on his shoulders. He's not someone that's going to go off the rails. People compared him to Johnny Menzel. Why? Because he's a white boy freaking running around and throwing bullets in, in the Heisman talk. Like, that doesn't make sense. Johnny Menzel was completely different personality, doing you know, getting drunk, going parties. Like, you don't hear about any of that with Zach Wilson. Um, they always say he's the first guy to go volunteer at the hospital. Uh, so that's what I like about him because we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo being one of the guys he's humble. Well, Zach Wilson just drips of confidence, and he's the first guy to always go volunteer. To me, that's one of the guys. To me, that's being humble, but he's also going to lead the guys on the field. He's not someone that's going to shy away from the moments. He's going to be someone that embraces the moments and enjoys it while he's kicking the hell out of somebody else on that field. Reminds me, you bring up a BYU quarterbacks. Reminds me of a different one that had some swag, just wasn't good at quarterback. Jim McMahon. No, 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 no. I'm not saying he reminds me his play, 
I'm just saying someone that came out of BYU with swag at quarterback. But yeah, he is the furthest thing. He's the furthest thing from Jim McMahon. <laughs> anytime, any place, anywhere. The man wears a headband that says anytime, any place, anywhere. How would you not want that guy to be your quarterback? <laughs> he is he oozes swag. He's the coolest dude on the field. And the ladies who have a crush on Jimmy Garoppolo, he's not ugly either. So I mean, we have all that going. It's it's a Perfect mixture for the 49ers. And that's the thing. If there's anything you you learn, you know, from listening to these Twitter people is that the 49ers should not be content with the quarterback they have. The people on Twitter who you are telling you, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo should be the guy. We need to give him another year. Why? I think the biggest point I want to hammer home on every show and anything about the 49ers leading up into this draft is that there is talent out there, and it's achievable talent. It's it's attainable talent that sets you from being a team with a decent quarterback who sometimes makes above-average play to having elite talent to winning multiple Super Bowls, winning multiple NFC West championships, winning multiple NFC championships, beating the Chiefs. I don't know about you guys, but if there's one thing I want more than anything, it's to watch Patrick Mahomes have to walk off that stupid field with his head in his hands because he lost the Super Bowl to us. I don't know about you guys, but that's all I want. I, I want it from any team. doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes specifically. No, I just want to see another one. <laughs> and let me guess, you're going to say beat Russell Wilson in the NFC Championship? No, I don't care about that. I'm not, it doesn't even matter to me anymore. I, I <laughs> Patrick Watching Patrick Mahomes get to smile and hold that trophy up last year hurt so bad. I mean, I just want people to be afraid of our quarterback again. I think that's my biggest point here. And they will be this, like you've said, first of all, you got me fired up. Like I am. That's my job. 20, 2021. We're going back to the Super Bowl, baby. And it's going to be led by, I don't know, like we're going to be the first team all, every time that we talk about like Niners need to trade to get a quarterback. All I hear is, oh, quarterback has never led a team to a Super Bowl and won in his rookie year. Yeah. Well, you know what? Statistics mean nothing to the individual. This Niners team is not like your typical like top 10 team picking in the draft. They have a Super Bowl roster. If Justin Herbert were was on the 49ers when they were healthy, like in 2019, they win easily. And as a rookie, rookie Justin Herbert, they win. Rookie Joe Burrow would have won. Give me one of these rookies, throw them into the fire. You know what? This team is good enough to carry the deficiencies. Like I've been saying, they'll be fine. And you know what? They'll beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. They can do it back in Miami too. Let's run it back round two. <laughs> now I won't have a PTSD every time they host a title game there. So I hope so. I hope it's in Miami. <laughs> Me too. I hate, that, I hate that stupid feel. If you go, if you want to check out your stuff, Hugh, how can people do it? So if you want to hear more of my uh, shenanigans and nonsense, my Twitter handle is at Hugh Tomasello. Uh, but I would love if you guys checked out my podcast. It's called Blow the Whistle. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Blow the Whistle P. Basically, everything Bay Area sports. Uh, we talk a lot of 49ers, uh, also some Warriors, some Giants, and everything in between. Um, so check us out. Give us a, su- a subscription. Uh, give us a listen. And obviously, 49ers gold mine. Really thrilled to be uh, working with these guys and a lot of good content is going to be coming out of there. So follow 49ers Goldmine on Twitter. Give us a shout and get ready for some good stuff coming your way.
this guy right here got me super hyped for the Warriors season. And after those first two games, I was like, Hugh, I'm getting a little worried. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. And even Andrew <laughs> Wiggins is making plays now. Look at this. Look at yes, this. Yes, sir. They're going to make up for what the 49ers didn't do for us. And also, hey, Leo, what else, how can people check out your stuff? So Leo Luna 93, as always. And then um, on the 49ers gold mine should be link launching pretty soon here. I, I can't give an official date, but it's coming very, very soon. It's in the final stages. So that's where you could see all of my written work relatively soon. That's the key word, soon. Big stuff going on over there. And you can check me out at uh, check me out at at Niner Nate 49. If you want to hear me yell about quarterbacks and argue with people, uh, you can totally do that. I, for some reason, every time I post anything, a bunch of people argue in the comments and it happens all night to the point where I wake up and there's a million tweets and it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's going to be an off season to remember. And I think that every show we do this year will hopefully help show you that, that this is time. It's time to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. So, This has been the Niners Nation Podcast. We will see you next week. Go Niners.